If you run a food, every time you are anxious, I'm gonna tell you how to break this habit. See, a lot of us resort to snacking and binging and eating when our body's not hungry, all because we are emotionally dysregulated, but there's ways to break this. I'm gonna tell you what psychology has gotten wrong as to why we emotionally eat, and I'm gonna give you the exact steps on how to break this on this episode of Heal Thyself. So we're about to knowledge bomb it. You're stressed, right? Someone at work got you all stressed out. You got in a disagreement with your partner. You just heard some distressing news and now you beeline to the kitchen and that oral fixation is kicking in. You have to have a snack. You got to get some food in your system and boom, everything just feels a little more manageable, a little more stressful. The stress is still there, but you can kind of handle it a little bit better, right? Or at least your mind is off of it for the next few minutes, maybe the next few hours. Yeah, you do this. All right, it's not just you. Emotional eating is as common as it is expansive. In German, the term Kummerspeck means grief bacon, which relates to emotional eating. It's a word for emotional eating, which means to increase weight and body fat due to the emotional aspects of the pain that we hold. Scientifically, emotional eating can be defined as eating in response to negative emotions. Now, we have emotions like sadness and grief and anger and shame and guilt and fear, right? And all those emotions that we don't want to witness or hold absolutely begin to drive our outward experience. And I'm going to go into that in a little bit. But we don't realize that those emotions are the dark parts of us, the dark aspects of us, which we don't want to look at. And so when they come up, it's really hard to hold them. And we learn how to compensate by doing things like emotional eating, amongst many other. But oftentimes... We don't experience emotions, and instead we just kind of feel the feelings too. Downstream, we don't want to look at the emotions, so these feelings come up. And that can be like boredom or procrastination or even feeling numb. All the things that drive emotional eating. Now, the prevalence of emotional eating, it varies widely among populations. Some surveys might find that actually over 40% of people emotionally eat when they're stressed. And it's hard to measure because, as you'd expect, it's, it's subjective. But research often indicates that Emotional eating may be more common in women than men, okay? And some studies suggest that women are more likely to report eating in response to emotions such as sadness, boredom, stress, right? Maybe it's underreported in men. But emotional eating can also vary by age. Younger individuals might report eating in response to boredom or social influences, while older adults might eat more in response to emotional triggers like sadness or loneliness, You guys know how I feel about protein powders. I've done shows for many years on them, and my standards are super high, right? If you're leading an active on-the-go lifestyle like me, and I'm working out four times a week now, I'm running, I'm I'm boxing, you know how important it is to have a clean powder. I'm talking about green powders. This is my morning routine. My favorite one right now, best bang for buck, best price out there is the Nuzes Good Green Vitality. This supplement is a powerhouse for those of you that are always in motion, right? And we talk about fitness as the number one lifestyle intervention. So important and sleep and good food. But fitness, we got to get it going. So it's packed with an array of essential nutrients. It's like fuel for your body's engine. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a business professional, or anything in between, it provides the energy and nutrition needed to keep up with your demanding lifestyle. Now, the beauty of Good Green Vitality by Nuzes lies in its simplicity. It replaces the slew of individual supplements, right? Those 5, 10, 15, 30 ones you have on your counter. And it frees up space in your routine in your kitchen. One scoop per day is all it takes. 
It is my number one green powder. It's the one I take every morning. If you want to check it out for yourself, go to newss-usa.com slash DRG. Use the code DRG for 20% off. That's newsest, N-U-Z-E-S-T-U-S-A.com slash DRG for 20% off with the code DRG. Individuals who engage in emotional eating are often found to have higher BMI than those who do not. So what is the most cited reason why we emotionally eat? It's probably stress, right? We say we're stressed, I'm going to eat my stress away. Or I had a stressful day, I just need some food, right? We come through the door. And yes, there is a biological input right there, right? The body is stress. It's got to hold on to calories. It's got to hoard calories for the future. This is a survival mechanism. And when we're in a stressful state, this is what we experience. But if you're chronically stressed, and that's leading to the unconscious habit of resorting to eating or even more downstream, food addictions or sleep disorders. And we have to look at one central concept. We have to redefine what stress is. You see, stress is not the problem. The stress is the downstream experience of something much deeper. And this is what no one's talking about. We cycle from addictions to food and doing better and back to addiction. And we just keep missing the point. You see, there's three types of stress. Chemical stress right? You're exposed to BPA or a toxin and your body's stress from it. Physical stress, right? You got into a car accident. Emotional stress. Now, most of the time when someone talks about stress, we're referring to emotional stress. You don't hear someone say, I'm super stressed because I got exposed to a lot of BPA today. That would be ridiculous, right? We're usually talking about emotional stress. But what they really mean when they say, I'm stressed, it means you're having a felt experience of emotional repression. Emotional stress is the downstream experience of emotional repression. Listen to that. For example, your boss at work yells at you. You come home and you go, honey, I had a hard day at work. I'm stressed. And then we leave it at that. We just take the felt experience of stress for the felt experience. We don't realize that the felt experience of stress really is my boss yelled at me at work and I wanted to stand up and yell back at him. But instead, I was so scared that I was going to get fired. So I had to repress my anger. That's why you're stressed. Not because your boss yelled at you, because you didn't authentically express the truest part of you. And that's what stress is. And that's all emotional stress. The felt experience of not honoring a part of you that is so scary to witness, much less express, and that your ego is desperately protecting you from embodying. Because the signal is, if I show this part of me, I will not be loved, I will not be accepted by the tribe, I will be excommunicated, and I will die. And so what happens is your body screams the experience of stress for you to listen to. Ladies and gentlemen, you are stressed because you're not honoring all parts of you. That's it. I love needed supplements because they provide some of the best products out there. I'm a, such an advocate for maternal health. I've worked in women's health for a very long time. And infant health outcomes, very important, is that we're preparing ourselves pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and after pregnancy as a family, healthy family, and healthy infant. So what does that mean? Well, Needed has been doing groundbreaking women's health research through their clinical research arm, Needed Labs. And there's so many women's health and prenatal supplements out there, it can be hard to know which one's the best one out there. But Needed offers products that are formulated by experts in women's health and are backed by clinical insights from their collective, over 4,000 practitioners, right? It is one of the leading ones that doctors out there are using because of the quality and the efficacy. Their products offer forms of nutrients that your body can actually use. Dose at optimal versus bare minimum levels that a lot of those prenatals are going to have. They also go above and beyond with their third-party testing. 
They test every single batch to ensure the safest products. And, and it should be like that, right? This is, this is a mom, a, a soon-to-be mom, a new mom taking these supplements. We're talking about in utero. We're talking about breast milk. We want high quality. Needed offers radically better nutrition for women from conception to pregnancy to motherhood and beyond. To get your hands on needed supplements for all the new families out there, God bless you. Go to thisisneeded.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's thisisneeded, T-H-I-S-I-S-N-E-E-D-E-D.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. So why do we emotionally eat? There are three main psychological theories. The psychosomatic theory says individuals who overeat in response to negative emotions is because of a lack of introceptive awareness. We don't know how our body feels in the moment. We don't know what we feel. Thus, individuals who might confuse psychological arousal related to emotions with hunger and therefore respond with eating instead of engaging in a more functional emotional regulatory strategy. Right? Makes sense, right? We go to food instead of feeling what we feel. Cognitive theory, the restraint theory, is a theory that states some individuals who want to lose weight are prone to develop rigid dieting rules, right? Like, I'm going to only follow this and no more. And as a result, even the minor violation, as soon as you step out of those rules, can lead to this cognitive abandonment of, oh, what the heck, forget it. And the emotions might interfere with this cognitive control needed to uphold whatever the integrity of your diet or not overeating or emotionally eating. So the strength theory is actually the leading one. I don't agree with it as, as, as to why, and I'll go into it in a minute. And then there's a learn theory, the affect regulation model. And this proposes that the rewarding aspects of palatable food intake, they counter our negative emotions and make behaviors more likely in the future. So basically, we know that when we feel a certain way, we eat chocolate cake, and we're going to feel better. We have that, that, that conditioning, right? That negative reinforcement. And this repeated flow of negative emotions and eating further leads to the classical conditioning. And we're motivated by that. When we have negative emotions, we know chocolate cake is going to take us there and it's going to make us feel better. But here's my take. I'm not an emotional eating expert, but I do have the gift of understanding the language of the body and I can read bodies very well. And although Cognitive theory may be the most central to emotional eating theorization. It's missing the point of why we emotionally eat. Why? It's because we need to look at the psychosomatic model, the introspective one. It's probably the closest to understanding why we emotionally eat, but it still falls short. But if we combine the learned theory, we get a better picture with the psychosomatic. You see, we emotionally eat because we lack introspection. Right? We don't know how we feel in that moment. And we have those negative reinforcement patterns. So we know that chocolate cake is going to make us feel better. I think when we marry both theories together, taking out the cognitive one, when we marry both together, it starts to give us a better understanding. In other words, we emotionally eat because we do not feel what is happening in the body. And at some point in our lives, we've associated that that eating that certain food soothes us in our stress, for example, sugar. And when did this happen? Most likely when we were children. As children, emotional eating may be the first sign of addiction. When we can't express our negative emotions, those parts of us, because it's not safe in the household, we begin to emotionally eat. The root of anxiety in children is this. Children who are not safe to express themselves and are never taught how to regulate. So for some children, it's partly nature, it's partly nurture, but they're resorting to eating instead of that felt experience of the repressed emotion. And they're having stress, so they're eating. So remember, 
we just defined what stress was. Now we have a new lens to look at. So now when we think of a child who's not allowed to express, for example, anger because the father is chronically angry and abusive, what happens when the dad is angry and the child cannot honor its true expression because it's in fear of its own survival? The child has a felt experience of anxiety, which we call stress. So that child learns that it can soothe its pain through food. Bing, bang, boom, the association is made. So you don't emotionally eat because you're stressed. You emotionally eat because you don't feel safe to express the darkest parts of you. Which brings me to solutions. I'm going to give you three somatic-based interventions for the next time that you feel stressed and want to run to the fridge and emotionally eat. Stop for a moment. Before you even head to the kitchen, stop and take a moment. You run to food because you know it will make you feel better momentarily. But pause and notice. Just notice that you might have the impulse to eat and that's all you need right now. Noticing. The awareness after this, sure, you can go to the kitchen and eat if you like, but the awareness is the most important part first and foremost. But maybe for the first time ever, now you're feeling the awareness of what the connection feels like. You don't even need to identify the emotions. You just need to know I'm uncomfortable and I need to eat. First step. Because that moment of pause and awareness is the first step overall. Number two, don't judge. If emotional eating doesn't serve you, that's okay. If it's controlling your life, that's okay. If it's so severe, it's ruining your relationships and quality of life, that's okay. We judge the result of emotional eating without realizing we're judging our own survival. Without emotional eating, you may not have survived your childhood. Wow, what a statement, but it's true. Emotional eating protected you from expressing that emotion that wasn't allowed in your household. And who knows what would have happened if you did show that emotion. Maybe you got yelled at, maybe you got beat, maybe you got abandoned. Maybe emotional eating saved your life. Now, what a gift emotional eating is. My friends, it's been protecting you for so long, but guess what? Now, you're a self-sustaining adult. You're powerful. You're expressive. You're autonomous. And those programs that have been running since you were a child for emotional eating, they're old. And now you have created the space to heal. Number three, feel. You have the awareness. You have the compassion not to judge. That's in your power. And to celebrate the part of you that has protected you for so many years, but now it's time to feel. Your awareness is sharp. It's at 10, right? You've been working on it. You know what your connection is. You know when you want to eat, right? You've brought gratitude to emotional eating for protecting you for so long. So now when you're getting stressed, you're taking a moment and you're stopping. And this is the introspective part. You sit down, you stop, you close your eyes, you feel your body. The more you do this exercise, the faster you not only come back into your body, but also you connect to where you feel what it feels like, what emotion is there. And if you can allow for its expression, can you see that part of you that emotional eating has been protecting for so many years? Now you are empowered to make a change because you are creating safety in your body. Your body feels safe enough to express what it needs to you in that moment. Your body trusts you and now you're beginning to trust yourself to be who you are. And that, that is how you heal from emotional eating. I bet you a psychiatrist, psychologist, no clinic, no therapist have ever told you that. But the truth of the matter is, is that every answer to emotional eating has always been in you. We're just too scared to see those parts of us, but guess what? Not anymore. That's not your truth. And if it doesn't serve you, you have the power to change it immediately. Immediately.